everyone, uh, Jim Williams here. Welcome to this edition of the Politically Incorrect Podcast. Well, as we get ready to record, and you know that we always record on Fridays, it's about 3.27 Eastern time. And at of this moment, we do not know if our government is going to go into shutdown later tonight. Now, let's bring you up to speed on what is going on. And that is Senate Democratic Leader Chuck Schumer of New York said Friday that there's still a good number of disagreements that he has with President Trump on immigration, the spending, and of course, the possibility of a government shutdown, which would cool into an effect at midnight tonight. Now, Schumer said in a statement after a meeting at the White House with President Trump around lunchtime today that we made some very good progress, but we have a number of disagreements. The discussion will continue, Schumer said. He said that he will stay in contact with the president throughout the day, and he will go back to the Hill, which is where he is right now, meeting with his team to find out if they can uh, square the circle before midnight tonight. Meanwhile, sometime this evening, it is expected that the Senate will likely go ahead with a procedural vote on the House-passed funding bill to keep the federal government operating until February 16th. Now, there is a number of Republicans in the entire Democratic caucus who are not too keen on this bill. So it is very unlikely that the House bill, which was passed earlier yesterday, uh, will not pass in the Senate, which should be a surprise to no one. So as of 328 Eastern time, Washington, D.C. time, on Friday the 19th, we are headed for a government shutdown, at least at this point in time. Now, there's always those midnight miracles, and we may very well see it. Um, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has uh, pledged to keep the Senate in session, so they will not be going home for the weekend. And President uh, Donald Trump, who is expected to go to Florida tonight on Air Force One, to celebrate uh, his one-year anniversary as being president of the United States uh, at a big gala, which is scheduled tomorrow in Mar-a-Lago, has also said that he will stay in Washington if indeed there is a government shutdown in hopes of trying to um, avert or jumpstart whatever it takes to get the government back instead. So right now we're hoping that before the clock strikes midnight tonight that they can come to a an agreement and keep the lights on in D.C. Otherwise, it looks like the Senate and the president will be spending the weekend burning the midnight oil in hopes of coming to some sort of compromise. So as of right now, it looks like a government shutdown is imminent, uh, but we hope for something good to happen. Now, since we don't have um, our normal situation to talk about because, frankly, we're kind of in a holding pattern. Uh, we're going to talk about something that is interesting on a different light, and that has to do with the combination of sports and, you know, municipalities, governments. Uh, many sports teams have for years uh, threatened and in many ways won the opportunity for to have cities build stadiums for them. Some cities have gone out of their way to build stadiums to attract teams. Now, the question really is, does that building of sports stadiums really enhance the city, okay? Or do they just really make the owners of the professional sports teams more money? Well, we have an expert, a good friend, Evan Weiner, a man who has been a business of sports a writer and speaker for over 30 years, and he is a lecturer. He goes on tour. He, uh, in 2017, he was in Canada. He was in Europe, in the Caribbean, and um, although he hasn't hit the road yet in uh, 2018, he will be uh, hitting the road um, in March as he will be uh, lecturing in the Caribbean, which is not a bad place to lecture. and. Uh, We'll talk about Mark Davis, his deal with um, Oakland uh, and how that didn't work, but how the deal in uh, in Las Vegas came about. So we'll be talking with Evan Weiner about that. Before we get to Evan, 
I got something to tell you about my buddy Dennis Miller. Now, he is one of our country's most gifted political satirists. He first became part of our lives as a member of Saturday Night Live. But since then, yeah, of course, he had his groundbreaking show on HBO. He had a nationally syndicated television show that was a late night program that was a hit. He's done his own weekday radio program. He's appeared in movies. He's written four best-selling books. You know, Dennis is without question one of the funniest guys on the planet. Now, he's going to be performing live at the Silver Legacy Resort and Casino on Friday, February 10th. Now, tickets start at $49.50, and they can be purchased at the silver at silverlegacy.com. That's silverlegacy.com. Now, if you can get 20% off a hotel room the night of the show with the purchase of that show ticket, if you use the offer code, now take this down, using the offer code TIX, that's T-I-X-1-8, TIX-18. So, Again, if you go to Silver Legacy Resort Casino on Friday, February 10th, you'll get a chance to see Dennis Miller. I'm telling you, you're going to have a lot of fun. He is a funny, funny man. And tickets starting at only $49.50, that, my friends, is a steal. So get out to silverlegacy.com. That's silverlegacy.com. Get that ticket now. Get 20% off that hotel room for the night of the show and use the Offer code TIX18, that's T-I-X-18. You're going to love it. You're going to thank me for it, all right? Emma, let's begin the conversation about uh, John Gruden getting the Oakland uh, job, which then, as I said, will transfer into Las Vegas. I I don't think uh, Oakland signs a guy like Gruden to a contract worth $10 million a year if um, they don't have the cash they're going to make in Las Vegas coming in. Your thoughts? Yeah, they would never have gotten that kind of contract in Oakland. Um, Nevada officials from the governor down, uh, initially through Sheldon uh, Adelson, uh, decided to go after a football team and go after Mark Davis and his Raiders franchise. And they went before Mark Davis and said, how about three quarters of a billion dollars of seed money to build the stadium? Mark Davis is not going to say no to that nor would the NFL, but he still had a deal in Oakland and the deal in Oakland went through the end of 2018. And the deal in Oakland, he wanted renewed or he wanted a new stadium in Oakland and Oakland had a a few problems going on. One was uh, the Golden State Warriors franchise was leaving Oakland. They were going across the bay to their own facility, uh, which will be privately funded but heavily subsidized because there won't be any property taxes and and there were all kind of tax incentives that San Francisco gave the Warriors ownership. Uh, So they're going to have an empty arena there and they have to pay the debt on the empty arena from 2019 through 2026, seven years that um, Golden State Warriors won't be there. It'll be an empty arena, sort of like the Burn Arena in New Jersey, which sits fallow and empty. and they have the Oakland A's, and Oakland A's want a new building, and um, there's only so much money that you, goes around for sports teams. Uh, they weren't going to replace the Golden State Warriors. They'd like to keep the A's in town, and the Raiders aren't as lucrative in terms of there are only 10 games a year, maybe 12 if you're lucky with playoffs, uh, for football, whereas baseball you could have up to 90 uh, games a year. And you could also do more with a baseball stadium because football stadium is only good for concerts and football and maybe some soccer matches. So you Oakland was not a question about um, uh, Lou Wolf and the uh, A's. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lou Wolf and the A's have had a couple of dalliances with a number of different areas. How is it though that the Giants, you know, through the Giants have a fantastic ballpark? Okay, it's sold out every game. It's a beautiful ballpark down in the China, you know, area basin. Yeah, China basin. China basin in San Francisco. Why is McGowan trying to keep Lou Wolf out of San Jose? You know, that's a good question. Well, the, the, the obvious answer to that is Silicon Valley. 
and uh, right. the money down in in San Jose area. That's that's the obvious answer. But it it do we have like nine or ten hours to talk about this because it goes no, we back. <laughs> yeah, it a, goes back to give me, it goes give me back. The, to, uh, give me the two minute uh, version. Yeah, it goes back to Charlie Finley moving the Kansas City A's after right. the nineteen sixty seven season to Oakland for nineteen sixty eight, and the Bay Area became a two-team market, which it probably should not have, but in those days. Now it has the population, so it could uh, do it. But uh, throughout the years, um, Finley tried to move to Denver in 1977. Before that, Horace Stoneham tried to move uh, the Giants to Toronto after the 1975 or 76 season, one of those, mm-hmm. one of those years. And uh, he was unhappy at Candlestick Park. And uh, the A's had that ballpark, which was built for football and was never a good baseball park, even though it had better transportation opportunities with the BART coming online than Candlestick Park. Um, Eventually, uh, the next owner of the Giants wanted to get away, uh, Bob Luria, and he wanted to put the team in either San Jose or Santa Clara. They had two votes down there and they lost both referendums. But somehow, during that time, some rights were transferred over by the A's ownership, which was the Haas family at that time, to the Giants so they could have that territory and move down there. Initially, the way Finley had the rights was East Bay to Sacramento were his, and, and Giants had the rest of it. And they're allowed to do that because baseball has an antitrust exemption, which was given to them by the Supreme Court in 1922, which ruled that baseball was a game and not a business, even though when the Brooklyn, New York Dodgers played the Pittsburgh, uh, Pennsylvania Pirates, that should, to me, was interstate business, but not to the Supreme Court. So they've gotten that behind them. Uh, Wolf tried to move to San Jose. Uh, never did, tried to move to Fremont and never did. Fremont just didn't get the financing together. San Jose, in turn, sued Major League Baseball, uh, saying that you can't have territorial rights like that, but the judge threw that out, saying that they do because of the Supreme Court uh, decision in 1922. So that is why Oakland still has the A's. And um, none of the local ownership, and they've had local ownership for a while, uh, want to move out of the Bay Area. And, and I mean, frankly, if you trade the Bay Area, where are you going to go that's a better market in terms of TV revenue and corporate revenue? You know, that's, yeah. and that is still the San Francisco Bay market, which is really three distinct markets, with the markets right. in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. Right. And uh, but it's one market. It's for TV purposes, it's the same market. For corporate purposes, it's the same market. Right. But for whatever reason, because of some antiquated baseball territorial ruling, the Oakland A's franchise is stuck in Oakland. And unless they could find the place down the I-880 or go to Sacramento, they're going to be stuck in Oakland. And I'm not sure Sacramento is the answer there. All right, well, let's talk. Um... You know, I cut you off about the uh, the situation in Las Vegas. Yeah. Let's try again. We're talking about politics and government here. So let's yeah. talk about the move from what are the corporate, what are the advantages? Let's go from that standpoint. What are the advantages that Vegas gets from bringing the Raiders to town? Well, let's, let's talk about Mark Davis before we talk about Vegas. All right, fine. Uh, Mark Davis gets $750 million, which was unavailable in Oakland. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about one other thing in Oakland, about uh, the debt that's still on that stadium, which is about $70 million, mm-hmm. uh, because they built that stadium up, Oakland, and Alameda County, and Alameda County is out of the picture now, for Al Davis to return to Oakland in 1995. And right. when Oakland officials sat down with Mark Davis, to talk to him and his group about staying in Oakland and building a new stadium in Oakland, that debt came up. And the first thing the Oakland and Alameda County people said, well, who's going to pay off that debt, which was over $100 million at that point, 
And that was the deal breaker. They wanted somebody to pay off that debt, and Davis refused to do it. So when this Las Vegas thing comes around and they're offering, saying, oh, here's $750 million, um, good, here it is. So as far as Las Vegas, they are uh, raising the money through hotel taxes and various other taxes. Right. And I guess they're of the belief that eight weekends a year, they'll get people from both LA and San Francisco down to watch Raiders football. And they'll come down on Friday night. Um, They will pay the room tax. So they'll make money off the room tax and maybe leave some money uh, behind in the casinos. And they think they could cover a $750 million nut just from that. But as you know, as everybody else knows, it's boom or bust in Las Vegas. Um, they were underwater following the 2008 financial meltdown. And they still haven't totally recovered from that. Uh, but they think that Raiders, 10, 10 games a year, they'll bring in tourists as opposed to the, the Vegas Golden Knights, which is not bringing in tourists. They're, they're locals. Mm-hmm. There are very few tourists. I mean, I guess when Detroit's in, maybe Detroit, maybe Chicago, uh, but I can't see too many people actually going to see a Las Vegas National Hockey League game um, and say, hey, let's go to Las Vegas, go see a, a National Hockey League game. I do see that happening with Oakland. Uh, I think that there'll be people making money with packages, um, bringing people in from L.A. and bringing people in from San Francisco. And maybe, you know, um, uh, who was uh, Moss Klein's brother, Dave Klein. Dave Klein, when he was with the New York Star Ledger, um, he used to work with the Giants and they do the tours. And eventually he quit the newspapers and and just did the tours. And he made enough money off of – people going on these junkets every weekend to see the Giants on the road. So I'm sure there'll be people making money that way. Um, I don't think it's going to increase gambling there. I think you got the gamblers fully entrenched. In fact, I think that uh, if the Supreme Court says that that 1992 uh, law that uh, limits gambling to just four states, uh, if they overturn that law, I think that you can see less gambling in Las Vegas because everybody else is going to open up a sports book, including Delaware, which is uh, ready to go, and New Jersey, which is ready to go. So um, I think that um, there'll be some people making money off of this, like Mark Davis and John Gruden. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing, too, you know, we we're talking about traveling. Um, you know, there, it's cheap flights. I mean, yes, getting people to Vegas from San Francisco and Los Angeles – and it's buses. a five-hour drive. Also, right. There's, I was going to say that, Actually, it's less if yeah. you're on in, in the valley. Right. And going most to Las the, Vegas. Um, most of the – both San Francisco and uh, Los Angeles run buses on a daily basis to Las Vegas. But uh, let's talk about why – now we're going to – we'll move on to something else. We know what's going on in Vegas. We'll find out whether that gamble pays off. Um Oh, one one other thing about Gruden yeah. is the, the contract is backloaded, which okay. means that Mark Davis thinks they're going to make a ton of money in, in Las Vegas as opposed right. to Oakland. So, you know, they got him on the cheap for as long as they stay in Oakland. And, uh, and that, whether John succeeds or not, he's got that money in the bank, which probably is making ESPN happy because they could get from underneath his salary. Right. So, but can... that wouldn't have happened in Oakland because Oakland didn't have the money, and everybody's mm-hmm. presuming Las Vegas is going to have the money. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and maybe they'll sell luxury boxes yeah. to corporations in San Francisco and Los Angeles, mm-hmm. uh, and they'll come down and buy the boxes the way Jerry does in New York, and down mm-hmm. in Dallas. Uh, Jerry can Jerry Jones can market his Dallas Cowboys football team to New York corporate people. I think, yeah, to your point on that, I believe part of the Oakland, uh, I'm sorry, part of Las Vegas sell is that they feel they can replicate uh, in Vegas what Jerry's done in Oak, I mean, in uh, Arlington by, you know, bringing in other events, you know, major events that uh, Jerry brings into uh, Texas Stadium. So, um, you know, whether or not uh, we, it is true or not. You know, only time will tell. But 
let's go on to um, some of the smaller areas. And we were talking earlier uh, off, you know, on the phone uh, about what's going on on the minor league side in Pawtucket and uh, throughout that little area up there because uh, the Pawtucket Red Sox forever have been a very successful minor league franchise, but uh, they're getting some competition, I guess. Yeah, McCoy Stadium is about 75 years old over in Pawtucket, and it's one of these quaint old stadiums that was redone about 20 years ago. Right. And Red Sox ownership, and of course the Red Sox own New England. I mean, that's, there's mm-hmm. there's no secret there. I mean, uh, from uh, Portland, Maine, down to Hartford and back over to uh, Rhode Island and uh, Vermont uh, and, and New Hampshire, it's, it's all Red Sox territory. And the Red Sox ownership, John Henry, and Red Sox ownership, one of the things that uh, they are doing in Boston is uh, not only putting a baseball team out there, but they're a real estate company. And they're looking for their team, which is Pawtucket. They're, they own Pawtucket. They're right. looking for the best deal possible to replicate Fenway Park. They want to build a, a replica of Fenway Park, 2021 style, um, because mm-hmm. that's when the contract is, is up. And they'd like to do it in Pawtucket. And they've been talking to Rhode Island officials the last couple of years to get a new stadium built uh, to replace McCoy Stadium. And all of a sudden, Worcester jumps in, and Worcester people are saying, hey, wait a minute, you know, we're just as close to uh, Boston as Pawtucket is. I actually think uh, Pawtucket may be a little closer to Boston than than Worcester, but still, it's the same general vicinity. It's a 20-mile difference, I mean, basically. Yeah, it's the same general vicinity, and, and Worcester right now is putting together a proposal to mm-hmm. build a stadium, and nothing is set in concrete yet. And Sox right. um, ownership is talking to Pawtucket about how we get $43 million or $38 million out of you to build a minor league park, which will look like Fenway Park and, and do all the stuff that they do around Fenway, which is own the businesses around there and, and build up a, a ballpark city, which right. is St. Louis is doing. So right now you have people in Rhode Island state legislature trying to figure out how to tell Larry Luciano, hey, look, this is what we got. This is what we can give you. What do you think? And Luciano now has the perfect, it's absolutely perfect for him because I think they'd like to stay in Pawtucket. uh, Mm -hmm. But, but, you know, you always want to create some competition and, um, and it's not going too far out of the market. Um, when you look at Worcester, if, if you look at Red Sox Nation, um, I don't know how many people go to minor league games from Boston. My my suspicion probably But Pawtucket is a secondary market. Mm-hmm. Pawtucket Providence has always been a secondary market. So sure. why not have that competition? And you're talking about now spending $75, $80 million for a minor league team. Rhode Island of uh, all the states in the United States has the worst roads in terms of the condition of the roads. Now, Rhode Island may be a really small state, but they don't have money to fix their roads. Mm-hmm. And and that, that is a problem. And so they're trying to figure out what kind of deal we could get because they, they really would like to keep the Pawtucket Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Where Remember, the Boston Bruins have a minor league hockey team in Providence. So it's, right. it's that whole market. And um, so right now, Worcester and Pawtucket are fighting over keeping or, or fighting over getting a replica of Fenway Park. And uh, Worcester is putting together their proposal and Pawtucket has proposals on the table, but um, nothing uh, of, of any consequence at this point because if it was it would have been a signed deal and they would have redone the stadium but that's the competition for sports i mean um another place that's going to be rather interesting in the next uh couple years is belmont park and the islanders um now the islanders ownership along with oakview group which has tim lewicki who is also redoing the arena in seattle and they'll end up getting an nhl team uh, in two years, I think they already have the team um, in theory. 
but it's him, and Lewicki works for James Dolan. He's got a lot of his money from James Dolan, who owns Madison Square Garden. Right. And New York Mets ownership, Fred Wilpont, real estate developers. So they're developing that real estate out at Belmont Racetrack. And that arena is going to be 10 miles from the Nassau Coliseum, which used to house the Islanders, and coincidentally is owned by the people who own the Brooklyn Arena. And that Brooklyn Arena is for sale, one of the most heavily subsidized arenas in the country. And uh, so what happens? Wait a minute. Let's back up a second. Are we talking now, when when you say Brooklyn Arena, are you talking about the, uh, uh, are you talking about the, She's uh, Barclay Center. Center. Yeah. Okay. So. Yes. Yeah, so so if they move out of the Barclay Center, yeah. that leaves just the basketball team in Brooklyn. Yeah, that and concerts, which as you right. know are lucrative. Sure. And, no, uh, I mean it's a it's a very I mean that the Barclay Center from from everyone I've spoken to, you know, in the area, everybody loves going to the Barclay Center more than they love going to. Uh, to pretty much any other arena in um, in the New York area because of um, because it is uh, pretty much something's happening there every couple of days. Yeah, but the the arena is losing money. Yeah, that's the problem. And all of a sudden, you're going to plop another arena. And now the Islanders, Mets, Rangers, Oakview ownership group, and this is all about real estate as well. Um, all about real estate. Anyway, the the ownership group uh, is going to be in competition with the Brooklyn Arena. And there's another aspect here because Madison Square Garden, uh, the air right to Madison Square, which is the property at Madison Square Garden is on the old Penn Station, uh, have not been renewed by New York City, and um, New York City wants the garden to move over to the old Morgan Post Office, which is about four or five blocks west of where the garden is presently. And um, the Rangers and Knicks may need a place to play temporarily for a year or two, which could be Belmont. It could be Belmont. Uh, so the, the whole thing here in the New York area is really, really kind of a confusing situation. You do have that dead arena in New Jersey, the old Brendan Byrne arena, because mm-hmm. there's a, the places in Newark. That's uh, in the Meadowlands, right? Yeah, the Meadowlands. You do have the Garden. You do have Brooklyn. You will have Belmont. You will have Nassau County. And um, you will have a 5,000-seat building in the Bronx that Mark Messier is involved with, because, and that, that will be competition as well. They're repurposing the old Kingsbridge Armory. And all of this is being done allegedly with private money. And um, there may be way too many arenas in the New York area. I mean, we do have 20 million in the in the area. And then there's one up in Bridgeport, which is owned by the Islanders. Mm-hmm. And Bridgeport is going to go up against the Anschutz Group in Bridgeport that's repurposing the old baseball stadium up there into a concert uh, venue, but it'll be outdoors. Um, Let's talk a second, Evan, about, um, if you don't mind. Yeah. Let's talk about, I mean, we're talking here about sports. We're talking about politics. We're talking about uh, the the situation of uh, do people really, is there money to be made? Let's, can you give me three or four instances where cities are actually doing well with the franchises. Well, I think Baltimore did, except uh, the, the stadium in Baltimore was an afterthought. They decided to build up uh, right. the aquarium and mm-hmm. build up the pier and, 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 and everything else. So that, the stadiums came in there after that area was repurposed. Right. Uh, I was in Cleveland um, in September, and uh, Euclid Avenue is still is never well. It's never going to be back to the glory days, but there's mm-hmm. still a lot of empty stores, and that's right near the downtown stadium, the football stadium, and the baseball stadium and the arena. Uh, Denver had some building around uh, the baseball field, a uh, little bit, not that much, but. St. Louis never had what they thought was going to happen with Stadium Village. And then there's the, the poster child of all, 
which is Chester, Pennsylvania. And uh, $400 million was sunk into building a stadium in the middle of Chester, uh, a town that did not have a supermarket. And uh, the Philadelphia Union, major soccer, major league soccer team, moved into Chester. And uh, the thought was, okay, we'll get the the building up and the soccer team in there, and we'll build out, and uh, that would be the center of the activity. And it never happened. And all these years later, it still hasn't happened. And Chester does have a supermarket now; it's a co-op. Uh, but Chester remains uh, one of the poorest cities in America. Um, the baseball field in Camden, New Jersey, which is right across from Chester, right under the Walt Whitman Bridge, they built that stadium. And uh, again, uh, the, the thought was, well, we'll build the stadium there and we'll build out in Camden. And uh, stadium's closing down and they're going to be knocking it down. Um, a lot of these stadiums, you know, in theory, in theory, well, we'll put up a stadium, we'll put up an arena, and people will come and, and the businesses will come. Uh, and that hasn't really happened in a lot of places. And uh, and also, if, unless you're like the Red Sox or the Islanders, Rangers, uh, Mets ownership now, where you got the building and you could build around the building, normally you want everybody to buy things in your building you don't want people to go in the neighborhood restaurants and spend money that you should be getting. So you got that dilemma there that, yeah, uh, let's, let's build it, and but the people who own the sports franchises want you to spend all your money in that neck of the woods and don't go anywhere else. Well, so, I know. Yeah, I was going to say, I know that um, in, um, in the Washington situation when a Poland uh, put – money into building what is now the Capital One Center yeah. um, in Chinatown. I mean, you couldn't, you didn't, you, trust me, you didn't want to be in that neighborhood. And now yeah. it's a massive, you know, it, it, there's a success story to be told um, in that area. Um, and the same is, is happening over National Park. But, but Washington, but, but to yeah, be fair, to yeah. be fair, Washington has re reimagined itself. It's right. it's yeah, but it's a, it's not those two areas. I mean, it used to be when you got a couple blocks away from the mall, you didn't really want to go that far right. into the neighborhood. No, you're and right. that whole neighborhood. I mean, so to be fair, it's only a piece of of the urban policy. Sure. It, 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 it's it's it, it's only a piece of the urban property. It's not. You know, it, it it isn't say okay, let's put the ballpark here or let's put this here. Right. There was a master plan, and that right. happened part of the master plan, which is right. I, I understand from the sports viewpoint, and always the sports viewpoint is that uh, it'll be an economic generator. Um, if it's an economic generator, one put together with other pieces. Right. Uh, it's not an economic generator on its own, and um, Chester, Pennsylvania, is 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 the prime example. Another example of it is in Harrison, New Jersey, where the New Jersey New York Red Bulls play, and mm -hmm. they were supposed to have development there. And it's not too far from Newark, and it's off of two Interstate two eighty, but it sits there. It, it just sits there. It's it's not what it should have been. They never really developed the area around it. And Newark had that baseball park for the Newark Bears um, that uh, they built. They thought they'd have great success with an independent team there. They'd mm -hmm. build a ballpark, build around it. Never happened. Evan, let's take a moment and uh, step aside here. You know, long before John Stewart or Bill Maher or John Oliver, or Trevor Noah, there was Dennis Miller. He has been one of the country's most gifted political satirists for the better part of almost four decades. That's, uh, you know, that's not a bad situation. He started at Saturday Night Live, as we know. He had his own nationally syndicated show. He was on HBO. He's been the author of four bestseller books. I mean, without question, Dennis Miller has been someone who's been the soundtrack of our lives when it comes to politics. And he's been one of the 
most consistent political satirists of our time. Now, our friends at the Silver Legacy Resort and Casino are going to play host to Dennis Miller Friday night, February 10th. That's Friday night on February 10th. Dennis Miller will be performing there. Tickets start at only $49.50, and they can be purchased at the website of silverlegacy.com. That's silverlegacy.com. Now, you're going to get a special gift, okay? This is really a cool gift. If you buy a ticket and then you decide to book a hotel room, which we strongly recommend that you do to stay over, you're going to get 20% off by simply using this offer code, okay? Now, the offer code is this. It's TIX18. That's T-I-X-18. T-I-X-18. Use that code. You get 20% off your hotel room of the night of the show with your purchase of the tickets, which begin, as I say, $9.50. So go see Dennis Miller. You're going to be glad you did. He's a funny, funny man. And be sure to do it at uh, Silver Legacy Resort and Casino. It's a place to have a lot of fun. Stay over, use the offer code, get some money off your hotel room, and just have one hell of a good time. All right. Let's talk about the um, let's talk about the one-off cities, okay? Yep. The cities like Memphis, Orlando, um, Oklahoma City, you know, those types of cities where you're the only game in town. Yeah. Is that a successful concept? For the owners, because the owner, you know, under the 1986 tax code act, which was not touched by the last tax code thing that was rushed through Mm -hmm. Congress without anybody reading it. Mm -hmm. um, In 1986, which was worked on by everybody, it was worked on by Richard Gephardt, it was Mm -hmm. worked on in in, in, in the House, it was worked on in the Senate. Uh, it was worked on by Reagan's people, and they came together and put together this 1986 tax code reform. Um, there was a provision in there for funding public, and not just stadiums, but things like fountains in the middle of the square, that um, you could work out deals with people who would run whatever, whether it's a fountain, although you wouldn't have somebody running a fountain, but I'll use a fountain as an example. That uh, the person, if you signed a deal and the guy, guy or or the or the woman, uh, the business person said, okay, we'll run a few. They could keep up to ninety two cents out of every dollar mm-hmm. uh, generated within that. Now, in baseball or a football stadium or an arena, uh, an owner could get ninety two percent of all the ticket sales, of all the signage in the building, of the um, naming rights. Uh, the concessions in the parking. So mm-hmm. that's the kind of deal they got in Oklahoma City. So it's been great. But but that arena that was built in Oklahoma City was part of a plan. I think the mayor was Mick Corbett at the time in the late 1990s. And and this was even before uh, Timothy McVeigh and, and, and the bombing in Oklahoma City. He had come through New York and they had, they gave us a package uh, and in that package, there was about a 15, 15 bullet points of we're doing this, 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 this. We're rebuilding the stadium for the Oklahoma 89ers, uh, the minor league baseball team. We're going to put an arena here. We're going to do this. We're going to put in a, uh, a museum here. So they they had a very developed and detailed, very developed and very detailed um, map of uh, future plans. So they were okay. Memphis. Memphis built another building when they had a build replacing a building that was like twelve years old at the time. Yeah, the pyramid. I mean, yeah, the pyramid. So they they replaced it. So I'm not sure how economically feasible that was. Um, the uh, San San Antonio's done okay with it, with its building, but again, these buildings have to be part of a master plan. You just can't build a building mm-hmm. without. Okay, what else are we gonna? What else are we doing here? And um, and I've seen that firsthand in, in Chester, in Newark, in Harrison, uh, in Bridgeport. Um, and so there are a lot of cities who went that way, and uh, it turned out to be a policy failure. What are some of the things you're looking forward to in 2018 that we 
should be um, as a, um, you know, as, as consumers, people who pay taxes, what are some of the things in uh, 2018 uh, where sports and, and, again, politics are going to bump into each other? Well, the, the two cities in, in Major League Baseball, the one we talked about extensively, Oakland, right, and uh, in St. Petersburg, and what is Stu Sternberg going to do? Because Stu right. cannot get ahead because it's all politics. Right uh, down there. I mean, he couldn't get out of his lease, and uh, because uh, St. Petersburg decided to hang on to it. Now, there's going to be a, a diminishing returns at some point because he has only nine years left on that lease, and it was a silly lease signed originally. Peter Ubroth told baseball teams don't sign more than 20-year leases back in the 1980s, and. Uh, Namali, uh, right? Namali. Namali. Namali signed right. 30 year lease. Right. You know, uh, in, in what was a bad ballpark at the time. And Major League Baseball said, um, it is a bad don't ballpark. build it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't build it. Don't build it. We're, we're making yeah. no commitment. Don't build it. I did so, the first uh, event in that building. Uh, yeah. yeah. It, it's, uh, it was a great hockey facility, but it wasn't much. Anymore. It's only. You know, our our buddy Andy Zimbalist says, what is it, 50% of your uh, audience has to be within an hour drive of the facility. Uh, Right now, uh, I think, I'm not sure, I'm not going to quote Andy on this one, but I think uh, the building in St. Petersburg, um, you know, the Tropicana Park is, or Tropicana Field, is at 22%. And uh, actually, they're more grouper within uh, an hour's drive of uh, of the park uh, than there are people. So yeah, um, yeah, no, it's but it looks like I mean, Hillsborough County and um, and the city of Tampa. You know, they're looking at Ebor City. There's a there's a good place there for the for the park, but um, and it looks like um, there there might be a way. For Stu to buy his way out of that lease, uh, but it's not going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen in 2018. Although I do believe you're right that there will be some movement toward that in 2017 and 2018. And then uh, we'll go from from uh, uh, league to league. Um, sure. Major League Soccer still doesn't have a building in Miami. Right. And this is after four years. Now they may be closer to a building in Miami, but. David Beckham has not produced, um, and he, he's but, not come up with. Fair, yeah, no, you're absolutely right, and and you know Beckham keeps teasing everyone, but yeah, one thing that's interesting to me is um, they ended up the league will you know in the next two to three weeks announce the four cities that um, are getting the you know are getting the franchises. It seems like the MLS is is one of the leagues that there seems to be a bit of success in getting um, in getting commitments where uh, the buildings are being built in uh, definitely in a combination of partnership between ownership yeah. and the, the cities. Of course, yeah. they're smaller buildings. That that should be yeah. the key note. The about Twenty thousand is is about the max size for those buildings. But Nashville came up with a quarter of a billion dollars to help build uh, the MLS stadium. Um, But they're still looking. Um, For some reason, they bypassed Sacramento, Cincinnati, and Detroit. They need one more uh, expansion team. Um, Detroit is now talking about using the the, uh, football field where the Lions, Detroit Lions, play football. Yeah, yeah, and um, Sacramento apparently has everything except uh, ownership with money, uh, and then of course you got the Columbus situation there, where the owner wants to move to Austin, uh, and um, that thing needs to be settled. So, in uh, Austin, voters have to be asked whether or not they want to appropriate money for a major league soccer team. Of course, Austin has a major league team in the University of Texas, mm-hmm. right? Football. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, I don't know how much corporate money there would be there for uh, Austin because um, every, every nickel, every dime goes into uh, Texas football. You know, can they pry some of that money loose 
to support the soccer team? That's that's another question, uh, because apparently Columbus wasn't as good at doing that because they had to go up against initially Ohio State and then uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets. I guess there'll be less competition. But mm-hmm. when when you're in a college town where all the money is taken by, say, Ohio State or Texas, uh, that's a, that's tough. But uh, Major League Soccer, and also the New York City team that's playing at Yankee Stadium right now, that mm-hmm. somehow lost out to Belmont, although I kind of wonder really whether they were in that bidding for the Belmont property as a favor mm-hmm. to the Mets owners and the Islanders owners in the garden. Right, uh, to they were, the price up. Yeah, they, they weren't too keen on really building a stadium in Belmont. They, they, they're they still looking at that lot next to the old Chase Stadium lot in the junkyards that Donald mm-hmm. Trump eyed in 1985 as a place for his condominium football stadium or mm-hmm. in the Bronx. They're, they're still looking. So there's going to be some flux in, in Major League Soccer. That's going to be rather interesting. NBA, I've heard, uh, I've read where Memphis and New Orleans might be available sometime in the near future because their contracts are up with the city. So is um, the Simon, Herb Simon's lease in, in Indianapolis. But, you know, people are whispering about expansion, but apparently the NBA likes the TV deal that they have. They like the deal mm-hmm. that they have with the players. So I don't think they're looking at expanding much before the 2025. Mm-hmm. National Hockey League might be rather interesting. Um, the assumption is Seattle's in the league right now. They got an owner, got a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got a building. Um, they got, I think, the best uh, if you look at cities that are available for any team in sports, uh, I think Seattle's the best city out there because you got all that corporate support out there. And you got mm-hmm. a good team market out there and mm-hmm. so for the nhl that's a no-brainer you just go there and and you got the built-in rivalry w- with vancouver up there which makes life easier for both of them and i think seattle for them and, and the sounders the, the mls team does really well right as mm-hmm. does the seahawks mm-hmm. and if the mariners if they ever put a really good team on the field, I think they do really well. There's lots of money. Well, they, still draw, they still draw almost 2.5 million people. Um, yeah, the Mariners. but they, they still have And you're right. I mean, if, they, if they were winning, heaven knows what they could do. Yeah, and, uh, and, and, and the TV money is there. And so I think that the NBA always has Seattle sort of as a safety valve. Um, right. Mexico City, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, people are talking up Mexico City. I heard this in the 1990s um, with baseball talking up Monterey. Uh, I'm not sure the NBA is as interested in Mexico City as they make believe they are because you, need, you also need cities out there willing to play the game and if, if Memphis wants a new lease or, or they're building fixed up or Orleans. Uh, I, you know, and Louisville's still out there. Louisville is probably the largest market without any, whether it's MSL, NHL, NBA, NFL, or, or uh, Major League Baseball. I guess it's them in Virginia City, um, well, not Virginia City, uh, Virginia Beach. Um, but Louisville does have Major League basketball teams, don't they, in Louisville and Kentucky? Right. Yeah, they're not. Yeah. Uh, even yeah, without so, Patino, uh, they've yeah, got. And, and Louisville has has the stadium lease uh, as well. Uh, NFL, Carolina. There's no reason Carolina, after being sold, should move out of that market. I mean, is there a better market that's open right now for the NFL than Carolina? Well, it's not going to be San Diego. It's not going to be St. Louis. It's not going to be Oakland. So, and it's not San Antonio. What? The market is better in the U.S. than than Charlotte for the NFL. At this point, there isn't one. There isn't one. Um, you know, they, maybe they want a new stadium, but the lease is done after the 2018 season. So whoever comes in to buy, if they're from out of town, mm-hmm. could move it. But I guess there's a lot of interest within town to keep the the team uh, in in the Charlotte area, and, and it makes no sense for them to move out of Charlotte. I mean, well, and there's a lot of money in in, in there's yeah. a lot of money in North Carolina, and there's you know, 
surprisingly such, there's a lot of corporate money in Charlotte because of all the banks and insurance companies. Yeah, the banks and insurance companies. So uh, I, I don't see that happening. As far as the NHL getting back, we Seattle at some point, I guess they're going to start the, the, the request for season ticket applications and payment or, or a down payment. Um, you know, Calgary is interesting because the the team makes money. They just don't like the fact they're in an old arena. Right. Uh, you know, and, and, and Neshi, the uh, mayor, um, doesn't want to play ball with the Calgary ownership group. And the Calgary ownership group is saying, hey, look what happened in Edmonton. Give us money because Daryl Katz was able to get money out of Edmonton and also out of, out of the province. Um, Raleigh has been sold. Let's see what happens with Raleigh. Um, seems rather quiet in South Florida right now about the future of uh, the Panthers. They they have settled the Islanders situation. Uh, it's amazing. They've settled the Islanders situation, and the Rangers and Knicks situation may come up in the next couple of years trying to figure out where do we place them in the middle of New York City, mm-hmm. uh, particularly that they want to build a new Penn Station. And they need to build a new Penn Station in terms of underneath. They're at 100% capacity all the time. And mm-hmm. it's not fun uh, underneath there. Um, so that uh, the NHL. Um, what about uh, Quebec you, City? You know, I've been in Quebec City a lot in the last year and a half. Yeah, I know. And I, when you go through Quebec City and you see all those uh, uh, Louis, which is uh, A O. It's A-L-O-U-E-R, which is for rent. There are a lot of those signs up there. Um, Quebec City, and, and we might as well throw Ottawa in there because the, the owner, Eugene Melnick, has talked about uh, you know, maybe, the, maybe the team would be more profitable in, in another area. Um, I'll talk about Ottawa in a second, but we'll go back to government. Uh, Quebec City... Um, there's passion for hockey there. There's no question there's passion for hockey. Uh, mm-hmm. You still have a depressed Canadian dollar. Um, you still have a town that's a government town. And it's still not a rich area. It's it's you know, it's middle-class area, mm-hmm. a very high-tax-rated area. And frankly, in my opinion, I don't think they have any money in Quebec City to right. support a team. They didn't have the money in 1995 when the team moved down. We'll go to Ottawa. Ottawa, of all the cities in the NHL right now, has the smallest corporate market in the NHL. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's a major problem. I mean, it's not like the Washington, D.C. community, if you're, mm-hmm. you're talking about government, where you have all these lobbyists. you got more lobbyists than you know what to do with in, in Washington, D.C. Right. Yeah, they have lobbyists in Ottawa. But... Canada has, what, 37, 38 million people. It's one-tenth the size right. of the United States, so they have one-tenth of lobbyists. So, uh, and and uh, otherwise, yeah, Washington, as you know, has a lot of people, has a lot of rich people, and there's a secondary market for at least the Caps and for uh, the Wizards and the WNBA team up in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, and and also you could go the other way down to Richmond, Virginia. Well, I was going to say join to Virginia as well. Yeah, so not uh, pro, there's not a pro franchise in Virginia. No, and and if you're Ottawa and you you got the NHL and you're looking, okay, where do we go? We go north. Well, you go north, you got ice. You go west, you got the Toronto Maple Leafs. You go southeast, uh, mm-hmm. you got the Montreal Canadiens. And and uh, and the Habs and the Leafs have long tentacles uh, in in that area, um, and and so if you're Ottawa and you're in a government town, although Ottawa has grown a lot since the franchise got there, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it's it's of interest what happens up there. I think they're angling to put the team. They the ownership, which is Melnick, is angling to put the team. Um, closer to downtown, but there was a question of the downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, do people want to stick around Ottawa at night, or do they want to go home? Right. And traditionally in Ottawa, traditionally in Ottawa, Ottawa used to used to fold up at five o'clock in the afternoons, and everybody right. went across uh, to Quebec and went to Hull and had a good time in Hull, which is now Gatineau. Um, so 
they do have some problems. Of course, Houston wants to, uh, Houston's Rockets ownership is kicking the tires at the NHL right now. But I think the NHL feels that it has to take care of Seattle first and then take a look at the franchises that aren't doing well, which I guess would be Carolina and Florida, although Carolina has a new owner. And I'm not sure if Florida can ever support anything. We'll find out. Derek Jeter thinks he can make money off of the Marlins, partly because he thinks Fox is going to give him more TV money, which I wouldn't count on. Well, that yeah. that that fran- well now with the sale, yeah, uh, those are owned by ESPN. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I I wouldn't I would not exactly think I I think that what Jeter and his team is doing, and well, this is another conversation for another day. Yeah, I think what I what they're doing is they're selling they're selling the team off for parts right now. They're cutting it all the way down to the bone, and they're basically saying, well. You know, in five years, and the fan base is like, wait a minute, this has happened to us three times before. Don't yep. tell me we're going to do this again. And I, I honestly think that what they're doing is killing that franchise forever. They did in Montreal, right? Yep. And and getting back to Montreal, uh, Montreal seems to be the place that Major League Baseball is eyeing to go back to. And the problems that existed in Montreal, some of them are, have been eased in terms of there is TV money up there. They'll get TV money. Uh, but there's no government support. And without government support, you don't get a stadium. And right. right now, there's a new mayor, uh, Valerie Plant, who likes baseball, uh, but doesn't like the numbers that baseball is presenting to her um, in terms of building a stadium up there. And um, and and the the other question is is baseball has to have an even amount of teams because you can't have teams up three days like you can in in the NBA or or even football for that matter or the NHL which has 31 teams. You need even amount. What's the other city they're going to? Well, they'd have to move. Uh, yeah. I don't think- I don't think that. And I think that we both agree eventually baseball will be back in Montreal. It may take a while, but I I think baseball will be back there. Evan, it's been great having you as a guest. Yeah, Um, this this 20 minutes ended ended up being 55 minutes. Yeah, exactly. We haven't even scratched the surface. We haven't even scratched the surface. We'll come back and do this again. Um, How can people catch, read your stuff? And of course, well, you give, me, give, the, me the full, give me the full Evan Wiener promotion here. Go yeah, you could, you could read the stuff. I got my own YouTube channel, which has some interesting stuff. Evan mm-hmm. Wiener YouTube and on uh, Sports Talk Florida, you get the, the daily the daily Emmys, as uh, Jeff Smullian used to say when he was right. WFAN. Uh, so you can find me there. I got uh, six books out there. You could go to uh, iTunes and Nook and, and find the books out there. Doing a talk up in Mawa, New Jersey. If you're in Mawa, New Jersey on January 22nd, I'm going to talk about uh, America's holiday, the Super Bowl, from how it grew out of the Jim Crow era to uh, Super Bowl parties. And uh, so I'll be up there on January 22nd. Mawa Circuit again. What was that? When will you be on the cruise circuit again? Uh, March. March and April. We're uh, going. Going back down to the Caribbean, um, and I am this time going to be in the Virgin Islands so I could see uh, the damage in St. Croix, which was mm-hmm. the home of Horace Clark, of the famous Horace Clark era of baseball with the New York Yankees, the years mm-hmm. that uh, before George uh, and after uh, the dynasty. So um, I'll be in the, the home of Horace Clark. Uh, and so we'll be doing that. And then uh, I get to go down to Tampa and uh, I get to end that one in April in Rotterdam. Uh, Rotterdam, coincidentally, uh, where baseball is very big to the point where uh, um, a few years ago, Major League Baseball was thinking of having a three game series. Uh, and uh, a guy by the name of uh, Einhorn, uh, Einhorn, uh, who preceded Derek Not Jeter. Not confused as- with Eddie. No, who preceded uh, Derek Jeter as the shortstop from uh, for the New York Yankees is the head of uh, baseball in um, in Holland, and um, he's been trying to get uh, baseball to take a look at uh, uh, it's it's Robert Einhorn 
E-E-N-H-O-O-R-N. And uh, he's trying to get uh, people interested in bringing uh, a series because they have a Major League Baseball-style stadium outside of Amsterdam uh, that seats 30,000 people. And they think that eventually they'll be able to get uh, a couple teams out to uh, uh, the Amsterdam area and and play the first games in Europe, which would be – but of course, you have to do it at the right time of year. You can't do it in April because it's cold and rainy. But then again, it's cold and rainy in Amsterdam a lot. Right. But so, you know, uh, to your point on that, the ratings in um, you know in the country were phenomenal for the World Baseball Championships, and they 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 always had a lot of fun. So uh, yeah, they yeah, they have they, they have a great baseball team too. Yeah. Well, remember, a lot of the islands are, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of Carousel and some of these other, you know, great. Curso, uh, in fact, in Curso yeah. in Williamstead, when right. you dock, when you dock in, mm-hmm. because I was just in Williamstead, when you dock, the first thing you see is a baseball field, right. and it looks it looks like the old polo grounds because it's a, a chip shot. If you're a left-handed hitter, mm-hmm. it's a chip shot. If you're yeah. a right-handed hitter you're not hitting any home runs. It's right. like 250. It's not like a baseball-friendly park in that regard. Yeah, it's like 275 maybe down the right field line and like 900 down the left field line. <laughs> right. So, yeah. uh, in fact, I was looking at at, at the park. It's an old soccer field that they right, can sure. into baseball. And uh, before they put the fence up, the, the, <laughs> I think a shot to center field probably was like 700 feet. <laughs> Uh, so like, they put yeah. the fence up, so it, it's cut down the ballpark uh, in Curacao. But uh, they, yeah, baseball is really big in Curacao, and, right. and it's not a very big area. It's only and like it's a Dutch, it's a Dutch people. colony, so that's where they can excerpt those players and put them in, uh, you know, and put them in oh, yeah. the old baseball classic. So yeah, yeah, and and uh, it's uh, it's you know it's not in Bonaire, which is one of theirs, and not really in in um, in Aruba, but uh, in. Um, in uh, uh, Curacao, yeah, that's the first thing you see is, is the baseball park, and it's adjacent to the old fort. It's right in the middle of the built-up part, and um, and they have a little aquatic center next to it as well. But that baseball field's impo- it's it's in, in, it's imposing simply of the size of the left field the left field line, and it only seats about maybe 500 people, but uh, they play a lot of baseball there. So uh, and. I, has there ever been a really good right-handed hitter from um, Curso? Like I remember um, um, Simon, uh, who played with the, the Braves. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I don't know, I, because if that's the big baseball park, you're never going to get a home run hitter out of there. Well, no, they they got a lot of uh, speed guys. Uh, yeah, like yeah. A lot uh, of Randall, Randall Simon, remember him? Randall Simon yeah. played with the Braves. Yeah, and one of John Rocker's least favorite players. Well, yeah, they're. There are a lot of those. Um, yes. You know, one, th- you, one thing you forgot to tell people is uh, your Twitter account. Yeah, Evan J. Wiener at Twitter. And I'm on Facebook at Evan Wiener. Um, and, uh, yeah, Evan J. Wiener at Twitter. And I'm on LinkedIn as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I'm learning how to use the you social stuff. You can be found. Stuff. Evan, thanks so Wednesday. much. Wednesday. 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 Well, we'll get it on Wednesday. Evan, thanks yep. a lot. And um, really appreciate having you. It's always a pleasure. We'll talk to you soon. All right, take care. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. That brings to a close yet another edition of the Politically Incorrect podcast. Now, if you haven't yet signed up for it, um, well, a shame on you. We're free, and we can be gotten at the iTunes Store. You can get it at Google Play, Blog Talk Radio. Also, of course, on the very popular Stitcher app, which is a great app for podcasts. And then, of course, there's the TuneIn app, which myself and 127 million of my favorite friends have also downloaded to their phones and or tablet. Now, all you have to do there, search Politically Incorrect Podcast. It'll pop up, hit the favorite button, and you will get our show sent to you on a weekly basis, all right? It's that simple. We make it very, very easy for you. Five places to find it. Please go out and subscribe today. All right. Well, here we are as we're closing in on the 6 o'clock hour uh, on the East Coast, uh, Washington, D.C. 
and we still do not have a resolution as to whether or not the government is going to shut down. At this moment, it looks that way, and as I said, uh, we will do a special edition of the Politically Incorrect podcast if indeed there is a government shutdown. So keep a lookout for that. It'll be delivered to your uh, phone or your tablet uh, sometime Saturday or Sunday, depending upon how things work. So uh, keep an eye out for it. Anyway, thanks to our guest today. And that, of course, is Evan Weiner, who is an expert in the business of sports. We had a lot of fun talking about whether or not uh, cities and or municipalities make money off of uh, professional sports teams or if it's the other way around where special ah, professional sports teams make money off of um, the cities that they get the stadiums from. And one last quick mention, and that is um, if you're out in the Reno, Nevada area, by all means, take the opportunity now to go out and buy tickets for Dennis Miller's show. That's Dennis Miller's going to be at the Silver Legacy Resort and Casino on Friday, February 10th. Tickets start at $49.50. You can purchase them at silverlegacy.com. And if you take the opportunity to purchase that ticket, you can enjoy 20% off of a hotel room. Stay at the hotel that evening by using the offer code TIX18. That's T-I-X-18. So by all means, go out. Get your tickets, see Dennis Miller. You'll enjoy him. He's a funny, funny guy. Anyway, have a great weekend and uh, keep a lookout for the potential politically incorrect podcast shutdown edition uh, of the U.S. federal government. We hope we don't have to do it, but that's what we're here for. Until next time, I'm Jim Williams, your host, saying have a safe and wonderful weekend. Thanks for joining us.